0: What up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Black Top Podcast. It's me and Ruben today. Christian is unfortunately in the midst of, uh, I believe it's his like workship or whatever it is. Either way, he's almost done school. Shout out to the cuzzo. But yeah, it's been a few weeks, Ruben, bro. How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. I just, we we're just talking about it offline, eh? Just busy time. Work schedules are crazy. Outside life is crazy. Uh, side hustle crazy. I'm sure it's the same thing. No doubt. But uh, you know, you're too blessed to be stressed, kind of thing. So you know, yeah, you know, I'm just happy we can jump. Pressure, on the pressure's a
0: privilege, man. That's always how I kind of yeah. think of
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%.
0: 100%. But even though we've been off the pod for a bit, that doesn't mean the league stopped because, man, these, this past, like, kind of, ever since the all star break, crazy. Absolutely crazy. I we mean,
1: didn't get to really talk about the all star break,
0: too, Yeah, I, I mean, we can do it quickly. I, I thought it was, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was mid. If, I, if I'd be completely. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The all star
1: the All-Star weekend for me it was kind of, yeah. Mac McClum awesome oh yeah
0: i, I mean Dope. that story is a great great one for sure i i don't i don't see him like actually getting any pt with the sixers through this last stretch but yeah you know maybe next year we can see that who knows
1: yeah i don't know man it, they gotta find a way to make that game more competitive which i mean we could probably talk about for days yeah and i, I think one everybody... of the suggestions they threw out like was like uh, whoever wins that game will get home court advantage in the finals. I'm like, you're going to rely on an all star game to do that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no, teams build an um, advantage. Like, I don't know.
0: Not, yeah, for sure. I, I think it kind of just, that in it already cheapens and already kind of cheapened regular season in the sense that, you know, it's kind of first or bust in that sense where, especially yeah. in the East, where it's going to be a really, really hard road if you're not first at the top. But. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I feel we're just at the point where I think it all started with how uh, the Spurs really started to implement like. management and all that. And, and then I think that that's all kind of bled to the fact where now it's like you're kind of weighing the career potential over, you know, just playing the ball at some points, I feel.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, they gotta find a way to make that incentive like for these guys to want to compete um I definitely think they should add 15 all stars yeah they should you know, for sure expand this it. yeah yeah I'm tired of the whole replacement thing um and I don't know like the I liked what they did like the the change the format they made to the actual game itself i thought was actually really good especially for the first like couple of years because we had some close last year was a fun close matchup yeah and i think uh, the first year
0: 80 won it on free throws wasn't it the first year yeah, they did the target for, score it
1: was the second i think it was the second year that they did like the oh no no the- i think you're right the first year was when they changed the actual format to like three quarters and then the final score thing yeah and that was a game where Kyle Lowry drew, like, two charges. And... That
0: I remember that was kind of the point where it was like a shit song kind of thing.
1: It was a competitive game. That was fun to watch, right? And then last year, even though it wasn't as competitive as that, it came down to the final bucket, and teams were going back and forth a little. I mean, the whole charity thing, I just, like, as, as bad as it sounds, I don't think the players really care. Yeah. Um, it's a nice incentive, but it's, like, it's not going to drive these guys to want to compete. Um I don't know. Maybe there's cash incentives, but I mean that all is part of a contract. If they make All Star already, then it's like, okay, then you know this player gets a bonus. But in terms of the game itself, I don't know. I think world versus USA is a really interesting one to look at, but that's only if there's enough be of a guarantee. There's only that's only if there's a guarantee to have enough world players. I mean, would there have been enough this year?
0: I mean, off the top, you could for sure feel like it's I don't know if sense. you could yeah. fill the whole fifteen. Yeah. Because then you're gonna get guys like you know, Kelly Olenek on that squad. But I, <laughs> yo, I what think about just, Boyan Bogdanovich? Oh what
1: about Evan Fournier?
0: Man, Evan Fournier is a fucking bum.
1: Hey, Cam Reddish is getting minutes on your Blazers. Yeah, dude.
0: yo, Cam Reddish. The Red, Man. Well, we'll talk about it later, but the Blazers, the It's not working, but it's working in the sense that you really see the wing players really starting to kind of show a little bit with Josh, not just not Josh Hart, but Batiste Thibault starting to hit shots and all that. Yeah. Of course, Cam Reddish. But I think this is a perfect segue. Ruben, man, I I know I didn't really initially put this on our docket, but we got to give flowers to Dame, man. You know, 71 points within regulation, too, is probably the most insane part. But i just want to talk about it you know where does dame rank we're gonna start it off with here as a shooter where where do you personally rank dame oh,
1: okay i thought you were gonna go the question of like where he's ranked all time and i was like there are a lot of people that question first of all his seating in the 75 list and i said there's no way like dame is one of like i think dame deserves to be in the top 75 does he deserve to be over there over top of mcgrady and Vince carter
0: it's debatable, it. but it, it's but I, not yeah. as insane as like, like I, I think the, what they should have done is probably taken out some of the like guys that played when uh, pre integration. <laughs> Low key, <laughs> I'm keeping yeah. a stat. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, okay. If we remove the volume statistic, the just amount of threes that they've hit. Like, where does Dame rank on that list all-time? That would be interesting to know.
0: All-time no. So, like, I'll, you, I'll look it up while you're going that. off.
1: But in terms of shooting, like, it would be interesting. Again, I think this is, like, a whole, like, we got to look at their percentages. We got to look at him all-time, how he's taken. Um, and also, like, the depth. Like, he is my probably right there with Steph, I would like to guess. Right there with Steph, in terms of the longest three-point bombs. And so, if he's got that kind of number, a guy who can consistently hit that range for a long period of time as he's done, I think, at least for me personally, just thinking about the greatest shooters of all time, you're talking about Steph Curry, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, Klay Thompson. um, You know, I might be forgetting a few, but... I think Dame has to be in the top five all time.
0: Mm, and and here are the numbers. So he's currently six. And in total, he has 2,351. Yeah, but I, I think the really thing that's going to generate discord here is that isn't significantly less games than a lot of these guys. Now, granted, you could probably chalk that up to, you know, the fact that everybody's shooting the three now. But uh, in 760 games, 2,351 threes now. He's slated to pass uh, Kyle Korver and that's in about 99 threes and then after that you got Reggie Miller. James Harden's third that's all-time in a season and a half. Yeah.
1: Season and a half or so. Is that sorry, three-point makes of all-time? That's
0: three-point makes, yes.
1: So and James Harden's third. Yeah. And uh well he's he's got crazy volume. I don't know what if, what if his statistics been like all-time and his takes. What, sorry? Like what is like what's his percentages? Oh, we're going by like percentages his, for these guys. And what is, what was his attempts? No, I, like I get like the the makes are important. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to know like the other caveat, like how many has he taken in comparison to the other guys? The yeah, for sure, he's taken and his percentages. And we're talking about James Harden. Or Dave Se- James
0: Harden's right taking now? basically seventy right. five hundred, so that calculates to about thirty six point three percent. Dame's taking 6,300 and he's hitting it at like a very slightly better clip at 37.3.
1: So he's taking a thousand less threes than James Harden. Mm. And he's 37%, which is a percent better. But I mean, that's still a significant amount of threes that you're not taking, but still makes, like, that's insane.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I I think you also got to look at it in the context that well, James well, has played longer, right? That and, well, Dame's also been, like, you know, number one option and all that. James Harden has always kind of been the offensive system outside of, like, the OKC years and uh, obviously now with the Sixers. So I think you got to look at it from, this, from the lens that there were games where everybody else maybe didn't even take 10 threes or, like, 10 shots in general, whereas James has taken, yeah. like, 30-ish plus. But, I mean... Me, personally, I'm not going to lie. I I think when you look at the makes, the difficulty of makes, and the fact that... I I think Dame kind of talked about how he never really gets, like, the standstills, majority. Obviously, there's going to be, like, a few, like, blown coverages where he gets the open three, but I think a majority of his looks... Like, 40 feet. Yeah, that and and the fact that a majority of them are coming off the dribble or his little sidestep thing, I, I think when you take that into context... I'm not gonna lie, man. I got him too. I think him okay, and well, him and Steph.
1: I'm saying, you're right though, because like if 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 we're gonna hold Steph to the same standard, saying okay, how many standstill threes does Steph really get, right? And it's like, sure, he might get more considering the fact he's playing with other great shooters. So mm-hmm. when you run out against a shooter, like like defensive routine, whatever, we talk about it all the time. But then it's like Steph has always been off the dribble. Um, Constant running around. We talk about how difficult it is for a player to run around.
0: Yeah, constant. all the screens. Yeah, all
1: the screens that he's had to run through. That's a lot of. That's a lot of endurance. And he's also, by accounts, JJ Redick covered this in another podcast when they were talking crap about Steph Curry, where he's like the least fouled player with the most physical contact, um, in the NBA something like that, especially when coming off the screens, he's getting bumped, whatever. We should hold the same standard with Damon Lillard, Damon Lillard, when he's got the ball in his hands for the point of attack. He's not often like Steph is not often the, the main point of attack, but the ball in his hands it's typically Draymond, right? Who's yeah. the premier piece of the action. Dame's the one bringing up the ball. He's getting the screens. He's getting blitzed. And a lot of these times, like you said, off the dribble, off the screens, um, He's getting way more difficult shots and he's having to create these himself. So, I mean, yeah, I would 100% agree and be like, "Bro, like I would I would love to throw him at number 2." Like the stats back it up, but also the eye test does. So,
0: hey, I I mean, he's the owner of probably two of the coldest like game winners of all time. Obviously the rookie year one yeah. when you look at the context of that. And the absolute, I think we're going to look back 50 years and I don't know if there'll be an even better game winner than, yeah, than the wave off. Cause that was, yeah. whew, that was crazy.
1: No, yeah. He just sent them home. Hey, like, mm. I, I don't think I've ever felt so deflated for a team.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> he, even PG, you, PG didn't even know. He's just like, it's a bad shot, but shit went in
1: actually i can't lie i felt pretty deflated for the sixers even though i was cheering for the raptors because like i don't know that's the story beginning but whatever that's a side note
0: yeah but (laughs) i I think this is a perfect like almost uh segue to where i i feel like dame guys like dame ai charles barkley are guys that kind of generate this discourse to where you know obviously ring culture is a big thing when you talk about you know Mm. whether it be at twitter or general like Even the TNT guys, you know, Chuck's always kind of get shat on for the fact he doesn't have one. But when you look at the body of work that these guys are putting through, Dame's right up there with them, I think. And I think this is a perfect, I'm going to say segue a lot, but in terms of the point guard list, I I think he's right around... A a list I saw had him at like 13th and 12th, where you had him and, and Russell Westbrook in. And I'm curious... Dame or Russell Westbrook? Who who do you think ranks higher all the oh. time?
1: Well, we live in a world of recency bias, right? Yeah. So, a lot of people are going to say Dame.
0: But you think overall but... you're still taking Russ?
1: I mean, he's averaged triple-doubles, what, two seasons in a row? I
0: think even more than that.
1: And then he, he's an MVP winner in this league. He's been to the finals um i think he's it's 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 not to say that he's had a longer um wave of success than dame has but what it looks like is dame won't have this sort of drop that russ is having
0: but it's like the Dame's highs of russ that, are significantly higher than yeah, the highs of dame yeah i, I, I feel just that. don't
1: i just don't know there's another player other than jokic and oscar robertson who've accomplished similar statistics to Russell Westbrook has in one single season. And let's let's not forget that Russell's triple-double year propelled them into making uh, a sixth lead. Like, he needed to be that player in order for them to make the playoffs. Um, and this is without KD. So, I don't know. I think the highs are just so high that you just can't, like... You look at recency bias, and like I said, Dame's gonna have the skill set where he can last for a really long time. He'll probably play till thirty-eight, still scoring eighteen to twenty points because mm-hmm. of the fact that he's just one of the best shooters of all time, um, and he's always been such a crafty scorer. Um, but sometimes that's the thing. Like you have the conversation same with LeBron. Like longevity is a is a really key thing to you being able to gain these statistics. But like within that time frame that you're in the league and you're playing at your prime. What does your body of work look like? Like MVP, triple-double year, or multiple triple-double years, multiple all-stars, so many accolades, two, two-way player. I just don't know if there's – I just – I don't know. And it's so sad because you'd be like, man, what if KD really stayed? What if that core could have stayed?
0: Man, if that I, core I, stays, then they let Ibaka walk instead of and, – and instead sign Harden. Yeah. I I it. I'll say it. I don't know if we're talking about the Warriors as highly as we do now.
1: No. Uh probably not. Hmm. I don't think there would have been a duo cuz he imag- imagine like you're talking about I mean Harden also maybe might not have reached the peak that he Yeah, did might he not have been able to like create
0: at the volume he gets. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Right.
1: But but he was still a great player coming off the bench for Oklahoma City. And uh, there's no reason why he couldn't have been a starter. I mean, they, they opted for a defense first lineup. Like, that's typically what teams were of. Explosive point guard, um, 3 and D shooting guard, uh, small forward, star star, um, power forward, uh, and a defensive anchor. That's what teams were back at that time, especially when they made that finals run against Miami. That's the typical thing. Stretch four, big man five anchor. That's what Oklahoma City was. Mm-hmm. Um, if you mm-hmm. look Sixth today, a pure like, bucket. exactly a guy like Cephalosha is probably not playing very
0: many minutes. Okay? Holy, that right. is a deep cut. you, you know Cephalosha used to wear fucking Air Maxes?
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm know how high wear Air Maxes on the court, bro. That's that is so uncomfortable. Right? I used to wear. Th- Remember we used to dance in Air Maxes and like you'd get like hella like uh, see heel? Uh, yeah, the yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. No.
1: There's
0: no way. There's well, no, no I, way. I think that's a good point when you look at, like, the entire body of work and kind of peak for peak. Because, yeah, I, I think definitely recency bias plays a plays a factor for sure. That's kind of how I felt sure. looking at it from a, just, like, a, what's you would call it? Just, like, from an initial standpoint. But, dang, man. I mean, here's, here's a hypothetical. Let's say if Dame were to win a chip especially with it being in Portland, how high do you think his stock rises in terms of like, you know, all time discussion, you know, well, all that stuff. Here,
1: Here's the sad, here's the sad, sad reality. It'll rise a lot. Mm. It'll rise a lot because like, the like whether we like it or not, how we rank players and how we talk about their, their greatness and their stories is simply just if they want to rank. like, it's a, it's the unfortunate part of the game. Like LeBron had it. I mean, Giannis had it for quite a quite a minute until he actually won one. Um, we see the same discourse with guys like Jokic, um, Russ now Dame. Um, we're seeing a little bit now with Luca. People being like, ah, oh, like you know, the longer he stays here, he's not going to win chip. Uh, there's a name I keep forgetting. Um,
0: I feel like almost you get a lot with like guards in the sense where. In the NFL, not to like completely go off track, but rings are really more of like a quarterback thing. And, and when you look at like, as much as basketball is positionless now, I, I think you still really depend a lot on like the point of attack having like a solid guard, unless you got like a guy like a Draymond or a LeBron. And, you know, Dame kind of falls into that with the fact that obviously he's not a pure point guard by any step by any means, but it's the fact that he is the guy always carrying the ball, I think, to where the ring always kind of trickles in the back yeah. of your mind yeah
1: well i mean that's right i mean if you like you could look back at the last 20 years championship winners i mean the worst point guard of every championship winner is probably Derek fisher
0: i mean he bailed Kovey out
1: well and, and yeah well exactly and like i mean they had a specific style of play like the triangle offense right and yeah um he fit a certain style but i mean You look back. There's Chauncey, um, Rajon, Kyrie, Tony Parker, one year. Kyrie, um, Mario Chalmers, but I mean that he playing alongside James. Yeah, Mario Chalmers was actually not a bad. Mario
0: Chalmers was nice, man.
1: He was nice. He was nice. I I personally think he was nice.
0: Norris Cole too.
1: Norris Cole, yeah, that was a really good point guard combo. Mm. They had a really good guard combo. Um, but then also they had LeBron James who did a lot of the initiation, and then you're looking at Steph Curry, Kyrie, like you said, Drew um, Holiday,
0: right? yeah, man.
1: Uh, Kyle Lowry. Don't oh, yeah, Kyle Lowry. Oh yeah, Kyle Lowry. Fred Van Vliet. Um, who was the point guard for? I mean, the Lakers that 2020 year. I mean, they they uh, was Rondo was the was
0: starting guard?
1: Was Ron- Was it Rondo or was it Schroeder?
0: No, Schroeder. No, no, no was Schroeder wasn't on that roster.
1: Um, I feel like it might been... have been. Wrong.
0: Yeah, I think though. it was run. I, I, because I think that team typically ran obviously Braun, AD, and then Kuzma. I think, Ku, yeah, Kuzma. I think Danny Green started at the three, and then because Caruso of that, Oh, actually, it oh, might have been they run, they ran Braun at the one, and then uh, KCP was the two.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean. Like I said, you have to have a generational playmaker or a great point guard right at the point of attack. I mean, you can go past the last twenty years and you can include I mean Tony's still there. Um so yeah or the triangle offense. That's the way they had, right? <laughs> um Yeah, it's just it's just weird looking back. You're right. I think like point guards and guards have always been so key. But then also in the same same breath you can say the wing player star wing player it's very important.
0: i think especially now with how switching has really impacted like defenses yeah
1: yeah yeah and, and, and i think the, the bucks are the one or the one outlier um because Giannis is not a wing player he is a positionless unicorn because the dude can play point guard he can play center he can Man. play the wing. shout out to jason all five positions um yeah i did and it's weird. Hey, you know what? Someone brought up... I was looking at Twitter. Sorry for the random rant here. But um, Giannis is actually a better jump shooter than AD this year.
0: Really? That's... Oof. Yeah, that's crazy. Because, you know, Giannis, I think, only really goes to the jumper when when the paint's kind of clogged, in a sense. I think you really saw that with the recent game in uh, Brooklyn where, you know, Claxton was pretty solid on him one-on-one, and then you got Mikael Bridges on the help. And Cam Johnson's not too yeah. small either. And then having to have him settle, that's that's crazy. Because, you know, we're yeah. going to talk about it later. But the Lakers, if AD, if that's what's happening with AD, that's, uh, that's shaky. That's well, shaky well, for we sure. Might as
1: well, we might as well segue into the Lakers' playoff. Hundies, yeah.
0: I I mean, flat out. Do you think there's a chance?
1: So where are they sitting right now? Let's look at that. I, I
0: think they're 13th. No, never mind. That's, they're 11th. Oh, no, they're 11th. Um,
1: let's okay. Let's look at it from the sixth seed because they'll want to make the sixth seed. They are literally two and a half games back of the Mavericks. That's crazy, man. You're eleventh and you're two and a half games out of six.
0: True, but I mean, in looking, even though I looked at their strength of schedule, it's uh twenty eighth, so obviously it's on the lower end. But when you look at the fact that you're missing LeBron for a minimum of three weeks, probably more. Their schedule doesn't really have a... I don't want to say the word easy because, you know, you can lose to anyone. But there isn't really a stretch where you're playing a bunch of kind of middle of the pack or lower tier teams. Because, I mean, just to name their next, like, say, five. You got the Timberwolves tomorrow, the Warriors. And that's also a day where Steph's supposed to come back. You got the Grizzlies, the Raptors, and the Knicks. It's a lot of teams that are, like, vying for you know, playoff hopes and all that. And then you don't really yeah. play, like, a bottom, like, kind of, quote-unquote, easy-win team until you play the Rockets on uh, March 15th.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh... Well, Adilo's also... Adilo's missed some time as well, right? Yeah, so, I think he aggravated... No, I don't think he's, he's been back since he him.
0: aggravated the ankle.
1: Yeah, so again I uh, two and a half games back is still a very small amount of games in the NBA mm. and uh, they're about let's look at their schedule less just under 20 games left to go um I certainly think they can make the play in I mean I, I that's not far-fetched they're a game behind the pelicans which is too bad I mean the pels nah. but, like they didn't follow Zion. They were number one at one point, right? In that was a fun
0: team, too, when they were healthy.
1: Jesus. Um, but uh, uh, before we get too far ahead, I think I'll still give a team that has AD on the squad a chance, even though, you know, he hasn't been particularly amazing this year. I'll give them a chance. Um, they certainly feel healthier than the Pels. Even though D'Lo mm. and LeBron are down, but you know, they still have a lot of solid pieces. Uh, I think, I think Utah eventually falls out of that conversation. So, um, that's my long way of saying, I doubt it. But um, I think they've made enough moves depth wise to stay afloat.
0: Yeah, I think that's the perfect sentiment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me personally, I I use the word, it's doable, but obviously you look at that and like, there's one thing to actually go about it versus you know thinking about it, and I don't know, it just yeah. feels a lot very similar to uh, the undoing of like LeBron's first season with the Lakers, where you know they were all right, were definitely in the playoff picture, and then boom, the the whole like injury. groin injury, and then obviously they kind of fall out of the entire picture and. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie I think the only reason I really want them to at least make the play-in is I think just history says because you know we're gonna look back on this and this is a historic se- season for the Lakers because one obviously you know LeBron broke the scoring record to do it to not only pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar but to do it in the in the jersey that he wore in the house that he played in actually no never mind I think they were in a different arena back then but this would just kind of be such a sour way to end that year, you know.
1: Yeah, he mentioned this too. Like he doesn't want to end like this year. Yeah. I mean, and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to finish like the last few years of his career playing basketball like this where he has to beg to get into the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like um Yeah, you kind of feel for
0: LeBron. Yeah, but I will say I agree that I think the additions they've made Especially when you look like a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, which is, oh, man. If there's a guy that's like, yeah. But man, Rui Hachimura, even like when he was starting for a bit, was super solid. And now you're obviously going to have him play a bigger role, you know. And Austin Reeves is still like really like been a solid rotational player. They just have a lot of guys to where, you know, when we looked at the beginning of the year, if you had to rely on these guys as like a top tier borderline starter slash like second or third guy off the bench not too good but then now yeah. you see the additions they've made to where those guys are now like the third or fourth guy and now that's like that's kind of right where they should be anyways so yeah I, I, I do agree I think the jazz are the team that drops out potentially even maybe dare I say the Timberwolves especially if Cat doesn't come back anytime soon but yeah yeah we'll see
1: I doubt cats coming back there.
0: No, I don't think
1: yeah, so either. L A is a weird situation. I mean, we we dove we dive way too much into them for a team that's like quite frankly not that very good. But yeah. Let's say they're if they were fully healthy. This is a team if they were fully healthy with this roster at the beginning of this year. Top six then for I sure. Firm, yeah. Yeah, then I firmly would have said top six. Um. Again, like fit fit is the whole thing in health. And they didn't have that at the beginning of the year. And they haven't had it all year long with health. So, you know, it is what it is with that franchise at this
0: point. Mm -hmm. I think that's enough Lakers talk for for a single episode. Let's talk about our teams, bro. You know, let's, uh, I'll I'll let you start. How are you you feeling about the Raptors? Before that, though, let me preface this by saying, you guys have the hardest remaining schedule. Like, left remaining. You got the Bucks two times, the Celtics two times, and the Nuggets twice. So... I don't know. How how you feeling? Purtle's obviously been uh, balling, uh, but...
1: Yeah. yeah, no, Purtle's great. I think um, there's a lot of things I can say. Was was training for Purtle the right thing ultimately at the end of the day? Yes, it was the right trade, but a year too late. Um, I think they've played themselves out of potentially a top six pick in a generational draft. Because um, I don't think this team is going to miss the play-in. Um, I think this is going to be a play in team. Um, I think they're just too good to 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 be outside of that. Um, but they're clearly not good enough to be a playoff team. At least to be um, you know, in the situation where they were last year. Where if I'm not mistaken, they won what, forty five games last year?
0: Yeah, and, um, and around this time was when they like really started to turn a leaf, from what I remember, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um and they did have an quite hard schedule to end last year um, and they closed that by beating teams like the Suns um, they had beat um, the Sixers they had beat like the Grizzlies they had beaten uh, um, you know a plethora of teams that had been in the contending um, picture but there are way too many problems with this team Um, I think they just answered those or they just addressed those issues a little too late the Will, Barton, do you, the Will Barton buyout would have been great back in November. Um, but he doesn't mm-hmm. add value now because now he's learning a system with two months left on a team that's desperate. Um, with a lot of guys playing for contract um, stipulations like great. Uh, Jacob, same thing, addresses the need. But again, he's going to be, he's playing for contract. He's playing great. But like, again, like that's that's a lot of integration, a lot of a lot of changing things right you're not you're not stepping into an already winning situation you're trying to ch- you're trying to fix things on the fly um and so i'm a little disappointed overall with the direction of the franchise because i don't think i think it should have been um let's focus on growth play the young guys let's just you know let's wash the season Masai jiri said in a previous press conference play in for what right so like what's the point of doing the plan um for looking from a business standpoint and they're trying to recoup some of the lost revenue over the past yeah, I mean, couple of years. You get a, you get an
0: extra point. game, but
1: yeah, you get an extra game in the playoffs. I mean, tickets are um like at an all time high for, for Raptors games, which is absolutely insane, and which is why the crowd itself has been much worse than it's been in previous years, because you're selling out the diehard fans and you're getting the casuals and the corporate people. Um, There's a lot of problems. The team, I think, on paper currently is actually really good. Uh, There's a lot of talent. I just think there's so many caveats to it. Like guys playing for contract years, there are a lot of holes. I also think Nick Nurse has coached his worst season. Um, I think the defensive scheme that they've implemented this year is awful. Um, For any scouting report to go into Raptors game, you play drive and kick, you swing to wing teams are going to uh, rotate quickly um, and they're going to leave the corner open um, because they're going to overhelp and they're going to flash and blitz. That's literally the scouting report playing against a team like Toronto. And if you're not a team that is on a string defensively, that is really easy to exploit. And that's been the case for the Raptor team all season. Is I think they've given up like a crazy amount of, of corner threes all year long. Um, so... Yeah, (laughs) how do I feel about my team looking post All-Star break? It's going to be a play-in team that'll maybe make the playoffs, that'll probably get knocked out in, in, you know, five games against a team. Like, let's say they make the eighth seed. Like, they're getting cooked by Milwaukee in five. Like, I'm giving them five generously. Um, Because I think they have the – I think they have – personnel to play a team like milwaukee i just don't think that uh they're on a string to be able to play well enough for that so
0: no i agree i mean whenever they play the raptors Giannis always tends to have like a hard time and that all kind of bleeds back to the fact that they were the first team i think to really effectively run the wall on Giannis. and man i I will say though I i think a lot like uh how jj was talking about a team like orlando making the play and where there's there's value in playing like high pressure basketball i would say it's almost the same to the raptors and the in the in the eyes that obviously you look at this team and you know salary caps one thing but if we're just looking at it team for team and you look at a on paper what you have like you said it's really good and I think if you're able to bring a majority of that back next year, have a full full offseason of working together, full training camp and all that. And even if, uh, say they, if we look at it now, they go out in this 9-10 game, I think they're still in a position to draft like like a solid shooter. This, this draft's definitely got a lot of uh, shooters, you know. I mean, you got guys like, obviously, Brandon Miller, who's not going to be in that situation, but... Know Philipowski, yeah. Jay howard. There's a lot of guys I think that could really help this team if, if they were to fall into like the late lottery.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's a 20 deep draft at the very least. Mm. Like, I think this is a really good draft. Um, you know, you said it best. I, I, I wish this was the roster at the beginning of the year, um, with health on their side. Because if you're talking about a starting lineup of Fred, Scotty, OG, Pascal, and Jacob. And again, fully healthy, let's talk about a bench of... That bench O'Bart, is nasty. Gary Trent, Oof. Chris Boucher, Precious Chua, and Otto Porter.
0: Who Otto Porter would have, would have been great to have right now, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in the few games that he did play for Toronto, he was an impact player right off the bat. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm happy that we still have Otto. At least uh, we have a, he has a team, team uh, um, option. Uh, which I think the Raptors will take. I think he'll he'll for sure be on this. I'll be shocked if they don't pick up that team option um, next year. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, again, y- you can go back in time and play what if, but you can't. So, either, you know, I think personally, again, in my opinion, wash the season, get a high pick, kept your first round for this year. Worry about re-signing your free agents. Um, get back healthy. Your your Scotty's coming back another year under his belt. Um, you know, throw the bag at Gary, throw the bag at Jacob. See if you can find a sign and trade for Fred. You know, um, if that's possible. Um, come back with health. That nice draft pick. You know, maybe it's uh, you know, Amen Thompson. Yeah, that'd be nice. If you fall, if you, I don't, think I, the I don't know. I that deep, but The
0: Thompson twins can't shoot though.
1: Oh man, but dang, hey, dang, dude, that dude's a
0: baller. Yeah, the, the Thompson twins are that nice. Dude's
1: baller. He is. Oh my god, they are crafty. Um, uh, there's no way the Raptors are gonna be bad enough to get scoot or, or Victor. Um, but anyways, I, I think, I think you gotta go for the draft. In my opinion, I mean, there's no point. Like, no, the Raptors aren't winning a championship this year. Um. Is there a benefit in the high pressure basketball? They did last year, in a real setting. Um, I think the plan is great. It's just like, well, what's the real benefit of being in the playland? Yeah, I
0: think. I mean, I feel like it's only really like guys like Scotty, Gary, Trent that really get like the full benefit of that. I feel that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and Gary's been in the playoffs since he came to the NBA. I mm. mean, he started his rookie year. He was in the bubble with Dame, right? And and so. <laughs> For for teams like Miami and Atlanta and Washington, where you know they don't have the young assets to grow, like they need the plan, they need to get into the playoffs because otherwise the return on investment is is nothing. Um, same with with a team like Chicago, uh, for a team like Toronto, where they are one of the youngest teams in the league, they can sit and wait, and they can you know play it out for another year. Uh, even though you unfortunately waste a year for Seattle, uh, I would rather him sit. And keep them healthy going into next year, uh, where you can retool a little bit more. So, anyways, just my thoughts.
0: Ooh, yeah, man. Tank for uh I don't know
1: what you think about one thing, I don't. I wanna know what you think about them bucks though. Man,
0: I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't want to get too high because you know Jay
1: Crowder, Jay Crowder.
0: Jay Crowder, man. I was I'm not gonna lie. I was a big no, Jay I, I was a big Jay Crowder denier, but I think i will say this i don't know if i said it last pod but i only said that because a lot of those trades had us giving up grayson allen and as poopy as grayson allen can be i i think the ability for him to create for himself is a is a big thing with this bucks offense because you know driving kick can only work so much and then when you got guys that are kind of frozen and stiff out there not able to create for themselves that's when you get a little uh Little one-dimensional. You look like a the Dallas Mavericks to an Stagnan extent. offense. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, during the streak, you know, 14th best offense, the best defense, the best net rating. However, I don't think this win streak has had like too many like elite, elite, top tier teams. We're gonna see Saturday when they play the Sixers, but you know, there was a Tatum and Brownless Celtics. The the Clipper, the two Clipper games were probably the two biggest like wins, but. I mean, when you look at the Suns game, that was great to see because, you know, no Giannis, but no KD as well. And, you know, classic Drew, Strips, Devin Booker, and then, you know, it'd be like that. However, uh, to start it off, though, I mean, yeah, like I said, I don't want to get too high. But when you look at how this team has been firing on all cylinders since the turn of the calendar year and uh, the All-Star break as well, I mean, it's been great to see how the new pieces are fitting in, you know. I think Joe Ingles has finally kind of started to hit a consistent stride. Uh, And not only that, Jay Crowder, of course, you know, man, you know, something about playing back in the Wisconsin might, might be something in there, but I don't want to get too high for two reasons. Number one, like I said earlier, the streak hasn't had too many of like the, the cream of the crop teams. And number two, I still don't think we're at our best yet. I mean, to look at, like one big positive. You look at a guy like Brook. At 34, he's only missed one game this entire season, which is insane to think about now, especially insane. in this age of like load management. But and I, he's
1: been an injury-riddled guy for his career. Yeah, for, for
0: sure. Yeah. I mean, last year he only played what? Maybe the last month? Maybe the last two months? Yeah. And and I think as much as like, you know, I'm gonna say it. this is the last time I'm gonna bring up the whole like last year the Bucks had blah 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 blah. I think as much as that we always want to talk about Chris, Brooke, I don't think was really like fully, fully in like game shape, game like game headspace, anything like that. And now you're seeing, man, he's in my opinion, not totally biased set aside, might be the DPOY. And, I was already gonna see yeah, like, DPOY kind of. Yeah. And and I think when you look at it, he's really their best defender. And when you look at the team as a whole there's three guys you could say are the best defenders at their position. Giannis being a like elite, elite, elite help defender. Brooke obviously holding down the paint. And Drew Holiday still to this day, I think is probably the best defensive guard since Gary Payton. Yeah. And to speak about like Drew, I think he's really, really stepped it up. I mean, he had a 40 ball in uh I believe it was the the Celtics game that went into OT. And then obviously you saw him like clamp up Booker to an extent. And man, it's just it's just been crazy to see. Cause again, you know, Brooke is looking great. Chris Middleton is still coming off the bench, which is like probably the biggest thing to look at. Like when you think about how where this team can be versus where they are now. And obviously, like I said, Jay Crowder's been super solid. I'm I'm just waiting for that game where it's like, you know, he's like one of uh one of seven or something like that. Because it's gonna come. But from what I've seen so far, I think, you know, you'll get no complaints out of me. I, I think Saturday is really gonna be I don't want to say like the determiner, but it's a great thing when you look at the fact that now that we're tied with the Celtics and how long it's been, where the Celtics have been have this kind of chokehold on the Eastern conference. And I think as much as you're able to beat up on these teams where, uh, you know, as much as you're able to beat up on these teams that are kind of middling of the pack teams, obviously beating top end teams is what you want to be able to do. And, when you look at the Sixers, I know they lost today, but they they've been another team that I think has been firing on all cylinders to an extent. You know, Tyrese Maxey finally got inserted back into the starting lineup tonight. I mean, he had a great game. I'm excited for that Saturday game, but man, when you look at the Bucks, I, I think they're as much as even though they're at the top of the Eastern Conference, I I want to call them a sleeping giant to an extent because, like I said, I yeah, still I mean, don't they think this team's been at their best. To get the first seat. Yeah, I, I was really I was on the I was on the like what's the word? I was on the boat of that, you know, as long as we're top six, that's all that really matters. But obviously with this win streak, it's kind of like kind of put that all aside. And not only that, we'll talk about it a bit later, but this Eastern Conference, I, I think I've never seen it where the first seed mattered this much. Cause when you look at yeah. it like if you're say the second seed. You know, you're going to play a team like, say, Miami or Atlanta. Not to say that they're going to give the Celtics like a big, big run for their money, but that's going to be a tough series. You know, Jamie Butler might be on his shit. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, we're going to see what it's like to see them play like high-pressure basketball. And if you get past that, ha- good luck. You're either going to get Philly or Cleveland. That's going to be another crazy series. And all that just to get to probably the Bucks or, you know, again, whoever's the first first seed. It's going to be a dogfight in the east for sure.
1: Yeah. No, the east is not going to be a fun conference. I mean, I mean both conferences like we said, like we we've, we've talked about this multiple times this year. It's as wide open as it gets and I think this is probably the perfect segue right into mm-hmm. our next piece which is like the playoff picture in each conference like I mean, we can we can go in depth more, but if we're looking at it from like a surface level each conference has you can really say each conference has I mean, I think the East has has four real contenders. And I think the West has seven.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, the West has like six, seven teams that could like make can make a like a legit legit run.
1: Yeah. Um and I think it's it's the first four in the East mm-hmm. and the first seven in the West, which we currently have if you're looking at the conference today at ten forty nine PM on uh march 3rd right is this is march 3rd sorry march 2nd, march 2nd on a thursday at 10 49 p.m so i mean it's wide open man it's For wide sure. open being the number one seed in your conference will matter this year Seeding absolutely matters this year because again i mean i would much rather play atlanta in the first round than cleveland and then whoever gets out of that dogfight between the 2 and 3 because if you're 2 you're going to play Miami if you're 3 I'm sure you play Brooklyn or it could be a team like Atlanta or Toronto right and, and I would not want to see Toronto in a playoff series regardless of whoever you are that's not you do not want to see Toronto playoff in the spin playoff series I also don't, eh, I was going to say the same thing about Miami, but team trash. Floating that team up, Harry Kevin Love? That man that fell asleep. You're going to trade that line. That's why he didn't trade <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Damn. But, Oof. I don't know, man. How, how do you feel? Do you agree that there are four real contenders? And why is it the Knicks over the Cavs?
0: You think the Knicks can beat the Cavs? Yay. Oh man. Four, that that's I think when you look at like the first round matchups, that four and five is probably the most like I don't want to say yeah, it's the most intriguing, the hardest to judge. Oh man. Oh okay, but, but looking let's at let's it play. Jalen Brunson might low key no, okay. I was about to say something. I was gonna say Jalen Brunson could be the best guard He's in that series, but Oh man, yeah, that's Donovan Mitchell's the best guard in that series, but but
1: Jalen Brunson has a dog,
0: and and I think the the when you look at it, the Knicks have the personnel to I don't want to say slow down, but to hold guys like Garland and uh, and uh, Donovan Mitchell at bay because I think obviously you put a guy like Quinn and Grimes, Josh Hart on him, and from that, not that you're able to hide Brunson, but he doesn't have to waste his energy guarding like two of the best guards in the league right now.
1: Right. And what we're forgetting about caveat here is, is when you're talking about wing, wing, wing play, I mean, the Knicks have that in the bag, Mm. right? Quentin Grimes, like you mentioned, RJ Barrett, Josh Hart. Um, I think that they're dogging Isaac Okoro and Chris Levert, right? In a playoff series. Um, I think, uh, I think the Knicks have the depth. Right. And in the playoffs, Mm. that seven, eight rotation that you have, even though it's a tight rotation, those three guys that are going to play the bulk of those minutes off the bench are super key. Right. And you have Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes. You've got, um, uh, Quickly. Right. Um, yeah. That, that's going to have Harnstein. Harnstein is a really solid backup big to Mitchell Robinson. And Mitchell Robinson having a really good defensive year, also, I think we don't give enough flowers to him. Um, but yeah, I. It's an intriguing matchup. It's intriguing for sure. I'm, if I'm right now, you ask me who I'm taking in that four or five series. I'm taking. Oh, I've I've
0: taken the Knicks. If if we're going off of like how the form right now, which granted, you know, you always want to be playing your best basketball heading into playoff time. So, man, that's crazy. But to to kind of somewhat come to the Cavaliers' defense here this could be kind of the Evan Mobley, you know, coming out party. You never know. Not to say he's going to put up like crazy 20 plus point performances or something like that. But I I think we're going to be able to, if everything were to go, you know, in favor of the Cavs, obviously, I think you have Evan Mobley as a primary on uh, Julius Randle. And if Julius Randle has like a playoff series similar to uh, the last one he had, I think we're going to be looking at Evan Mobley as a you know coming into his own in a sense and not only that I think this year you've seen him not only take the uptick in a little bit of scoring but he he's got some sneaky playmaking
1: This is what I think of Evan Mobley and I I agree with you mm. I agree with you I think like this is an opportunity for him to 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 see if the man really got a bag if he, really got mm. something, if he really got something inside of if, him.
0: If you think you know, he can hold his own and it's not just big bro Jared Allen coming from him. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what I'm saying.
1: Because, listen, this is how I look at it. You know what you're going to get from Darius Garland. You know what you're going to get from Donovan Mitchell. You know what you're going to get from Jared Allen. You know what you're not going to get from that wing duo that they've got. <laughs> Yo, quit that. Make sure you use that. Because, okay, listen, I'll repeat that. You know what you're going to get from Darius Garland. You know what you're going to get from Donovan Mitchell. You know what you're going to get from Jared Allen. You already know what you're not going to get from Karris Liver and Isaac Okoro. The X factor is Evan Mobley. Because if he becomes a generational talent. And we're not asking him to look like Chris Bosh in these playoffs. I'm not saying that. But if he becomes an impact player. Making the right plays defensively. Rebounding the basketball. Being a. um, What do we say this? A bailout in some sense. Um, as a third option offensively because he can stretch the floor obviously he's got some nice ability off the dribble um, in the high post low post uh, off the roll on the catch if he's able to be that stress reliever for the two guards in the backcourt I think Cleveland has got a really good chance and if he's consistently good on both ends of the floor um, and that's that's just not even speaking about the series. We're talking about the rest of the playoffs. If they do make it past the first round, you're playing Milwaukee, and oh boy,
0: that's gonna be a if dog. I'm play. Evan Mobley.
1: You got Giannis in front of you, dog. <laughs> you better put on oh, some. Man. You better put on some. You better you better eat some with short, short short ribs, mm. simple gogi beef. Because right, bro, you're gonna right have long <laughs> series the Giannis. Because Jared Allen's going to have enough of a hard time with Brook Lopez, um, and I know they're not going to play single coverage, but we all know what I'm trying to say here is Evan Mobley is going to be really important for Cleveland to make any noise in the playoffs this year. Um, like, because like I said, you know what you're going to get from your key players, um, but is your young stud really going to show up and show out um, during this time? And 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 I know it sounds like a lot of pressure for a second year guy. Um, but it's quite frankly where they're at, right? This is a team that's fourth in the East with a lot of winning pieces. Um, and they're not going to fall out of this position anytime soon. So it's really time for Evan Mobley to step in.
0: And Karis LeVert. <laughs> hey, man, I'll, you know, I'll you say it. Know, I'll, I'll say it, man. man.
1: You, know you, it, you don't know what you You already know what you don't
0: Karis do, either going to give you 30 or 5. <laughs> and I think when you look at the Knicks if R.J. Barrett's guarding him he's giving that motherfucker 30 yeah
1: yeah I don't know you you, you think Karis Levert's giving R.J. Barrett 30
0: hell yeah I don't
1: know about that one
0: but you know what R.J. Barrett might have his ass sat on the end of the bench because Quentin Grimes was playing significantly better
1: yeah, I mean, I think this is also a series that is nice for RJ Barrett.
0: Yeah, because you're this definitely gonna you're gonna want to exploit the wing like the wing advantage you have for sure.
1: Which they'll have. Oh, they'll yeah. definitely have.
0: Oh yeah, it's not even close. Man, Isaac Okoro and like I mean, looking at that, that was a crazy good draft. The one like
1: if you're talking about playoffs, you know, playoffs is all about matchup basketball, mm-hmm. right? Like we talk about the wall and we talk about all this stuff. There's a reason you have the wall because you're trying to defend a generational talent like like Giannis, but that doesn't ha- happen for every player in the league. Um, but yeah, for a team like the Knicks, where they do play a bit of a slower pace, um, very defensive minded, um, I think this is a series that does favor their style of play. So,
0: hmm.
1: anyways, we're we're getting we're we're talking yeah, about we're, playoff we're matchups again. That's fine, but we're you know we're talking about the picture right now. So, um, I digress.
0: Man, that's for sure the one to watch in like the first round. And even looking at the West, to think that we're potentially gonna get either you know, Suns Warriors, Suns Mavericks, the Clippers if they can climb back into it, the the first round matchups in the West I think are crazy. I, I mean, let's just look I at know. it from here. I mean, three and six, if we're looking at it right now, you got the Kings and Mavs. That's going to be crazy because, I mean, we saw, like, I think they played a couple weeks ago, a little two-game series, and, you know, obviously, you yeah, had no Luca in that first game, but the Mavs were able to, like, pull away, and then you put Luca back in, and it's a little, like, iffy. But I-, I think as much as everybody's kind of like, oh, I don't know how this little, like, kyrie Luca thing's going to work, today they got a huge win. It's a fully healthy, fully healthy, like Sixers team. Not to say this is like, okay, for sure. Now they're going to flip the page, but you could see this kind of start to be potentially the, the start of turning that page. I think. Yeah. I mean, the West is, the West is going to be crazy stupid for this first round.
1: The Suns warriors potentially. Oh, like that's a crazy first round. That is an insane first round. Oof. I mean, if you give me that as a first round, i don't give a damn i mean if it's the four and five matchups that are on one day that's that that day's gonna get all the tv ratings oh yeah uh, i don't care who you are that team's get, that's getting all the tv ratings all like whatever because the Suns and the warriors in the first round series is absolutely ridiculous man i don't know like if, they, if this manages to happen like that's that's insane um I do love the Kings Mavericks as a first round series. Like you're just mentioning, mm, like, yeah, you're talking about some really good backcourt play. Luke Doncic, Kyrie Irving, and Fox. Good God almighty. That's going to be so fun. Um, and I will say if we get the two to seven matchup that we're seeing in the West between Memphis and LA, I think the Clippers are winning that series. Oh
0: yeah. I, I kind of do too. I, I think the I think Memphis made a made a mistake by not going going for like a better wing over Dylan Brooks. I feel.
1: Well, they I mean they definitely had the opportunity to to yeah to, with the OG thing. buyers yeah yeah I mean they were definitely in the talks. I mean I just I, from my understanding though, is that OG's value wasn't as um, there weren't the real the actual real offers weren't what we perceived to be. The value for OG. We're talking about four first round picks, two solid young players. I mean, we were talking about the Pelicans potentially giving up Trey Murphy and Herb Jones or Dyson Daniels and multiple first rounders. Um, according to what sources were saying, like on the, you know, across Twitter and all these people were saying, the best deal they got were three first round picks from the Knicks. I don't want the Knicks first rounders. That's garbage. That's garbage. Um, especially if it, it wasn't going to include their 2023.
0: Or it didn't even include a guy like Quinn and Grimes, right? It was just the picks?
1: Yeah, it didn't. It was literally just picks and probably roster filler like an Evan Fournier or that. something like that. I don't want Evan Fournier on the Raptors. Sorry. Even though I'd rather watch him over Cam Reddish.
0: Reuben, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance now. Seeing how Cam Reddish has been balling since he's played with the Portland Trail Blazers. And when Evan yeah. Fournier sitting his ass on the end of that bench, would you still today, as of March second, uh, what time is it? Eleven o two p.m. Would you still watch Evan Fournier over Cam Reddish?
1: Yeah, because I'm going to the next game.
0: Oh my goodness, <laughs> bro! That is, that is, that's such that's a such cough a cheap- out. That's such a cough <laughs> Not out.
1: Watching the next, bro.
0: That's such a combo. So of
1: course, like while watching the Knicks, I see Evan Fournier on the bench. Oh yeah, I'd rather see that. And then in this meantime, I can watch Canadian kid R.J. Barrett with Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson in the world's most famous arena. Come on, of course I'm gonna watch that. Come on now. Now you're talking about a road game. It's like, um, you know, let's say they're playing like the Lakers. Man, you know, I would probably watch LeBron James and Evan Fournier go at it over Cam Reddish. You
0: know, go at it on the um, bench.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's, what's Evan Ford gonna do He gonna get it on as Jared Dudley
1: bro it'll be nice to see him in pregame while well, he's surrounded by Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and RJ Barrett so I mean now let's say if it was the Raptors versus the Blazers I'll take that game so I can watch the Raptors and then Cat Reddish is getting cooked by Scotty Barnes so come
0: on brother you know, in your heart. Hello,
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Cam Reddish wouldn't get cooked. He'd get absolutely flamed.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> you would absolutely, positively watch Cam Reddish over Evan Fournier. Don't no, stop the cap, brother.
1: Oh, I mean, I mean, if they were to switch, switch sides, like let's say Cam was on the Knicks and then Evan Fournier went to Portland. Bro, I'm going to Portland because it's closer, right? So I mean,
0: <laughs> see, see all this, all this dodginess. You know, you know it's okay. You, you don't have to. You don't have to flip, cause I know. I know you. You would. I know you would. Oh, I know you would.
1: Bro, I'm not watching either of those guys, yo.
0: Obviously, they're not my first choice either. But you know, if I had to pick, man, Cam Reddish all day.
1: Oh man, this is so funny. This is an ongoing conversation forever.
0: Hey man. Uh, Cam Reddish is that motherfucker. But uh, okay.
1: (laughs) Cam rubbish. More like Cam rubbish.
0: At least he's getting minutes. All right. Uh let's look at uh Okay, when we're looking at the teams are on the outside, we kind of talked a bit with the Lakers, but do you see anybody making like a last kind of push into the play or anything like that?
1: I'll give. Um, I was gonna say Chicago, but they look really far behind. I mean, they're a game and a half outside of the 10th. Yeah. but I mean, it, despite the Pat Bev add on, it doesn't look like that that um, that addition has been receptive to the rest of the roster. Like, I'm sure you've seen that video of Pat Bev yelling at Vucevic for the help side. I don't know if you saw it.
0: What happened again? Um,
1: well, it basically Pat Bev got beat off the dribble. Vucevic isn't even looking at the ball. Um, doesn't come over for the help side. Papev says, hey, step over. Vuch says, I'm guarding Wiseman. Wiseman's setting a screen for the dude at the high post. He's in no place to make a play. You can play drop coverage because it's a double screen. That's where you can blitz and switch. And you cover, you rest and recover. You, 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 you show and recover. Simple defensive principle. Vooch is saying, I'm guarding the watchman. I'm over here. He's not even looking at the play. He's guarding a guy that's in no position to make a basketball play. So anyways, he yells at Pat Bev going, I'm doing this over here. That for me, after I saw that, I was like, yeah, bowl season's done. Get rid of Vooch. I don't think this is, Yeah, I think um, Vooch is one of the most overrated players in the league.
0: I feel like he's been though at times. Is he worth the money he's getting paid? Definitely not, but
1: and he's an over, hes a good offensive player, good offensive player, right? Mm-hmm. Like good offensive big, but like there, there's part of me that feels a lot of that is really inflated. A lot of it, just I think he's—I think he's an overrated player. I just don't think he's made an impact to winning. Like, um, you know, there's a reason why he hasn't really been on very many winning teams other than what last year.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, he'll always have that one game they took over the Bucks in the bubble. You know i always have that wow what game. a
1: great win wow well, that impacted winning eh yep. wow, Vucevic, nikola Vucevic, i can't <laughs> wait to get him on my team that's a super team nikola Vucevic, add him to your squad and you have a super team
0: <laughs> no uh,
1: no one's saying that i mean <laughs> i mean again i saw that and i was like yeah bulls aren't making a push um the Lakers we talked about, I think the Blazers can make a, a real push. I mean, they're also a game and a half back, but I mean, that's if, uh, excuse me, health is on their side. I don't think Nurkic has been playing recently,
0: right? No, nah, Nurk's been out for a while. Yeah. So, Eubanks has been um, holding it down though, but yeah, I, I, well, I think yeah. when I watched the game and with like the bucks and all that, I knew like, it's going to be a tough night. Cause they have no like kind of front court presence at all. Cause I mean, outside of Eubanks, it's, what, Trenton Watford, small ball five, if that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like the trades they made were low-key to give up on the season and try to get a hype. I mean, did they give up their draft pick for this year?
0: I think it's, uh, I feel like it's lottery protected, or there's some kind of protection on it.
1: I but- mean, if they drop in the standings... I mean, I I think that it's worth looking that route. I mean, I would say that for any team that's not in any playoff race, real position to contend this year,
0: Mm.
1: this is a generational draft, man. Just drop it. It's all right. Like, you made the money this year. You had some really nice storylines. Now go get Victor Wimignola, you know. (laughs) Um, That's the the extreme case. But again, like, you're talking about a generational draft where you can add some real solid talent in the offseason you can retool i just i just think there's there's no there's no reason you should ever be in the middle of the pack unless you're a really young team um like an indiana pacers that really wants to play competitive basketball and you already have your star key players like atari's halliburton um andrew nemard's the ben benedict matter where you want to get these guys high playoff situations you can say the same thing for a team like the utah jazz where They've got Laurie in. They've got really nice, solid young players around them, and you're giving them the extra time. Um, same thing with Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, you can say about these young teams giving them competitive, um, you know, experience. But, yeah, I think I think playing in the playoff race is pretty much what we're going to see uh, across the board. I mean, for me, the most interesting is going to be the top six in either conference. Top seven in the West, mostly.
0: Yeah, I will say not that I don't think they're gonna make the jump because I think they're a little too far behind, but kind of sucks that we're not gonna see the Pacers in here. Because I mean, early in the season they were kind of holding their own to an extent, but then you saw like Halliburton going down for a couple weeks prior to the to the All Star break, and man, yeah. it just kind of sucks. Because I I like their team. I I think when you look at what team has the potential to make now, I don't think it's gonna be like directly like it, but when you think about a team that can make this kind of Sacramento level jump, I, I think you look at a team like the Pacers to where you, I think you have all the pieces, you have your nucleus. Now it's just about really kind of figuring out the pieces around that. Cause you know, I mean, just to look at them, Halliburton, obviously your franchise cornerstone, miles Turner, top 10 center. And even you looking at a guy like not to like say he's on their big three or anything like that but Aaron Neesmith I think has been a really good addition he's starting to shoot the ball decently Uh, former Buck yeah the Canadian boys are for sure balling and then even looking at a former Buck Jordan Wara (laughs) might not play defense but he'll give you buckets so I I think (laughs) when you look at next year now obviously they're not going to be competing for like a championship or anything like that but I I think the Pacers are going to be really good next year yeah it.
1: i agree i think yeah. again they're gonna get a lot they're probably gonna get a lottery pick right mm. they're gonna get um they're gonna retool they got the cap space there's some interesting free agents this year i can't say this is a great free agent class but there's some interesting ones um so you know anything can happen i mean mm. we'll see we'll see this playoff race is gonna be really exciting
0: yeah i want to talk playoff about pictures, the We'll talk about the two three-seeds we got in each conference. We'll, we'll start with the Kings. Now, we already kind of talked about how uh, the potential matchup, but how are you feeling about the Kings in terms of, like, the playoffs? I mean, you know, they have the best offense right now, but the defense is a little, little lacking. So, you know, how what's your yeah, outlook I mean, on them?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a fast-paced team, right? And typically, fast-paced teams don't translate in playoff basketball. But we are also talking about a different age. Um, there's not a whole lot of playoff experience either on that roster. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play. But I mean, I think the Sacramento Kings currently remind me a lot of the 2015-2014 uh, Raptors. Really good regular season team. Not a whole lot of overall playoff experience. But I think they're going to be really solid. Um, I think they're going to be competitive. They also have one of the best home court advantages in the league like that arena is packing and that arena is loud and explosive
0: man that's so, that's going like be a beam right like the beam yeah. so
1: i i think i think i think sacramento it depends again who they play um i personally would like them actually yeah you know, a competitive team but if i'm looking at the six and seven Whoever falls into that succeed, seed, let's say Sacramento stays 3 because it's looking that way or they go mm-hmm. 4. I don't like them in any series. Mm. Um, unless, you know, Minnesota manages to make the 7th and, Ma- and Sacramento manages to keep winning and they get the 2nd and that's a 2-7 against the Timberwolves. Um, then I'll say, yeah, okay, I like the Kings in the first round. But, yeah, I don't like them. And it's it's tough because
0: they I tough. think they've just been I, they've I, been I such a good story this year yeah
1: yeah I think that's and I, and we can cap it off as that we can say that they've been a great story and they will be a young team that continues to grow for the next few years and this was their coming out party but uh don't like him in any series mm.
0: no yeah i I think I've always kind of been on the the train of that i think they're a year too early to really like make any crazy noise because i mean you know it's been great to see what they're doing but when you look at what they're going to be able to do next year building off of this you know kevin Herter's really start to break out i mean keegan murray is one of the best shooters in the league not even just as a rookie but in general and then you got like malik monk their their bench is crazy deep into oh i don't know if it's this year or next year with the pick that they gave up for kevin Herter, but They're just going to get another year to, like, really build off of this and to finally be, like, something close to those 2000s levels, like Sacramento teams. It's going to be great to see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to build off of, like you said. I don't think there's much to add. Uh, I think Mm. the Kings are a really nice story this year. But, um, you know, have fun in the playoffs. Enjoy it while you last.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, first time in, like... When was the last time they were in the... They haven't been in the playoffs since, like...
1: 2002 or Yeah. 2006? Oh, man. They've been more than 20 years, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, those
0: those 2000 Sacramento teams were fun, though.
1: Bibby, Sayagovic, I mean, Williams, Weber. Yeah. Um, Divas.
0: Even had, like, a young Turkoglu. <clears throat> oh, yeah.
1: young yeah. Turkoglu.
0: Oh, man. All right. Shifting this over, the Eastern Conference. So the Sixers I got got two questions for you Rube do you genuinely think they're like one of the top tier contenders and then also if they lose what do you think happens and by lose I mean I, I feel like personally it's kind of like a conference finals or bust year
1: I agree with that I also think they are a real contender this year the way Joel has played, I think James Harden has been really... I think this is one of his... might be speaking my out of my ass here. But I think this has been one of his more efficient seasons this year. Um, I mean, he's been healthier. Uh, I think I really like the pieces that they have around that team. I just think they, they've taken a backseat a little bit. Because teams like Boston and Milwaukee are playing so much more on a string. Um, but is Philly a real contender? Yes. And let's say, you know, this playoff picture is as it is. Philadelphia plays Brooklyn in the first round. That's a, that's a Philly series. And then they play Boston in the second round. I'm being honest with you. I think that's a seven-game series.
0: Mm, I agree. And uh, just to back up your point... So it's not like overall his most efficient season, but from the three is really, really where he's shining because he's basically right at
1: 40%. Well, I mean, that's where he's going to be needed, mm. right? Because at the end of the day, this team is centered directly around. It is it is sort of a heliocentric offense in a sense Um, around the pick and roll between James and, and Joel. And I believe the hookups they've had between with each other are far more than the next best duo in the league, numbers-wise. Um, and so it is duo-centric to those two. Um, but mostly around Joel Embiid being the first-hand scorer and then guys kind of surrounding um, him with shooting and, and uh, the secondary playmaking. But yeah, I think this is a real contender. I think uh, if they were to play Boston in the second round, I think that's a seven-game series. It's yeah, I,
0: I mean, just to kind of back that up... I think they have the best guard rotation, like overall.
1: When oh, you look at it. No question. You
0: know, Maxi, Harden, Melton, who's like been a very, very, very solid addition.
1: Shake Melton is still a solid rotation. Shake mm, Melton
0: as well, yeah. Um,
1: I mean, there's no doubt this team is very talented, very deep. I mean, I think uh, I remember reading some fans' comments that there is some poor utilization on Tobias Harris uh, who's really had to step up this year defensively uh, which is really important uh, because P.J. Tucker can't, uh, he, I mean he's just quite too old for that now, right, to be the main on defensive option but yeah, they got the pieces, they added Jalen McDaniels which I think is going to be a big help
0: I think mean, Jalen um, McDaniels was like, yeah, we talked about it during the, the trade deadline pod but I think he was one of like the more underrated pickups for sure
1: yeah, and he's getting a lot of playing time. And, and they needed someone to be on the wing as a bit as of a, a stress reliever. But yeah, I think Philly is a, is a real team. Now, if they lose um, in the conference finals, I think they say, hey, let's run it back. Let's see what happens. But if they're an early exit <clears throat> or the conference finals isn't very competitive, I mean, I'm going to follow the dice. I think there's where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think the James Harden rumors of going back to Houston are very real. I don't know if you've seen those. I've seen that. I,
0: I I think it's just like people always want to think you're just putting him on the roster they have now. But I feel like if you do that, then obviously a few of those young guys are going to go. But, man, yeah, I agree. I, I, mean, I, think... I
1: believe they can sign him outright to a max.
0: Well, I don't think it's necessarily that, but I, I don't know if he's really going to want to go there to play with, like, that team as it is now. You know?
1: Yeah, but, there's certainly some moves that we have to make. I think Sangoon mm. is a, I think on his way out. I mean...
0: You think so? I feel like you'd let him, like... Or actually, because, yeah, that would kind of take away the aspect of him... Well, he's been the worst allowing defensive him center to, in like,
1: year, of the year. Yeah. Like, he's been pretty bad this year. Yeah. Um, and and uh coach Silas came out and said like they benched him in the fourth because like, Silas is so I feel
0: like Silas tried. is wrong for that though cuz you know the Rockets have nothing to play for and then when they you look don't. at like being able to play high pressure basketball obviously they're not going to be in the plane or anything like that but you know you're you're really not doing anything in terms of like again playing meaningful basketball so I feel like you should let you no, you should let the Jalen Greens, you should let, you know, Tar, the Tar Eastons, the Josh Christophers, the and Shinguns, you should let them really play those situations out just so that you don't want to come to the point where everything goes well, development is on point. Now, when they get to these situations, they have no idea what to do. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like if Steve, James Harden goes there, Outside of like the additional veterans you're gonna acquire, Steven Silas is the first thing to go.
1: Yeah, I mean that's an interesting one because Steven Silas came on hoping that he would poach a roster with James Harden and it it didn't end up materializing that way. With regards to the Alprun Sangoon thing, there's a reason why I agree with Silas to a degree. It's because you don't want your players developing bad habits. Right, like you don't want your players developing bad habits. And I watched that um that third quarter. There was there was a great tape put together by someone, um, butch point I think. Uh, I just want to give credit to the right people on Twitter. They had all his defense possessions in the third quarter.
0: Cooked, cooked, Barbecue oh chicken. Oh
1: my god! <clears throat> my mom can play better defense. <laughs> She's a bum knee, and she has like no muscle left in her knee. Like my mom can play better defense. My mom can play better help defense. My mom can play better effort defense. Um, and so I mean it's an embarrassing thing. You don't know want your young players can developing young hat bad habits. And John Wall said this several times on a podcast where he was on a squad where he, these young guys are just happy to be there, and you certainly don't want a team developing those habits. Otherwise, you just turn into the Charlotte Bobcats, mm-hmm. right? Like I think um. Yes, you let Sangoon play out these moments. But I think I think from a coaching perspective, I think the right move was made because if a team adjusts to going and attacking a specific matchup every single time and the adjustment hasn't been made by the individual player, I think you just make a system change. And um, you know, taking out Sangoon and putting a more capable defensive player probably fixes that to some degree. Um, <clears throat> even though you lose out on size and maybe some offensive versatility but I mean if, if going at a certain guy's a, a guaranteed bucket and he's not trying to pick it up then I mean that's 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 a different conversation but I don't know I think you know we're talking about the Rockets so, but you know we're talking about James Harden I think uh, you know Joel Embiid I think is uh I think I would like to think he's a guy that is sort of impatient. Uh, and yeah. I think if I think if they don't get anywhere this year, at least to what they were expecting, I th- well I think we'll hear some stuff in the summertime.
0: Can, I, can you imagine how like what that what that kind of deal is gonna be? Because I mean, Rudy Gobert ruined it for everyone. Oh yeah. And just to think that oh, no. that was what basically six or seven picks, if you include Walker Kessler, it's gonna be. Oof. Walker I to does all
1: the things that Rudy Gobert does really well, and, and better, a lot more skilled, better. Yeah, So, yeah, uh, man, it's um, it's tough. You know, draft picks aren't a guarantee, but when they happen, they materialize into players that you could have had. You have to go there and say, man, I can't believe I took Malachi Flynn over Desmond Bain.
0: Oh yeah, because Malachi was what, 28th? That's tough. Uh,
1: but you know, it is what it is. And the same thing happens with the draft. Again, I think I think they lose. I think Doc Rivers is on his way out.
0: Mm, um, for sure.
1: I think I think that he's been, he's had enough complaints and he's been on the hot seat quite a bit. Um, so I think he's he's um he's off the train for sure. I think Doell is a little impatient. I think you start to hear some rumblings there. Um But I think the first big piece that they would have to address would be James. Because he can walk out, right? Like he has that player option, if I'm not mistaken. So he can walk out this summer um and, and choose to go to another team. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I think he ultimately stays in Philly. I think it's just the best situation for him. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't. tough. It's tough to think about. Tough to think about.
0: All right, we're winding down here, but before we end off, bro, got a little uh little wild card here for you. So you know, okay. whether you got one or a few, who you don't have to like go over every team, but if you had to pick a few guys, who do you think are like the biggest X factors heading into uh not only this last stretch of the season but potentially you know, first round playoff matchups and all that.
1: So X factors for I'm thinking off the top of my head for any of the teams on the playoff picture. Yeah. It could be whoever. Well, um, Denver Jamal Murray.
0: Hmm. I like that pick. Yeah.
1: Denver Jamal Murray. He's gotta be, he's gotta be great for them to have any chance of sniffing a trophy this year. Um, Cleveland, I already mentioned Evan Mobley. That's one. Um, oh, let me try and think of another one here.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I think one I'll throw out is, I think, Jalen Brunson. As much as he's kind of like the guy there, yeah. when you look at like that matchup and the last time he faced Donovan Mitchell, oof.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be his first time leading a team, right? Mm. Uh, without his co without his partner, as Luka Doncic um i'll say i'll say one x factor here uh, russell is good for the clippers
0: oh how oh my gosh you called it first of all didn't even my bad bro didn't even mean to give you i guess i gotta give you flowers there how, how do you think it's been like these first few games
1: i think you know i like the addition i initially thought that they were just gonna address it with russell because they didn't have point guard hmm. but it seems to have worked putting the ball in his hands um I just think uh the best the best qualities of Russ are showing itself with the clippers, but also the things that have made him such a highly criticized player, turning the ball over multiple times, trying to make the trying to make the 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 getaway play, so to speak. Um, he doesn't need to do that on a team. Like
0: yeah, I think there's just a little bit of more tinkering that needs to happen.
1: Yeah, and I think like again pushing the pace, being um being a a uh, dismantling force on the defensive end, getting in passing lanes, uh, you know running the break, uh, attacking the rim, you drive and kick, screen and roll, screen a uh, screen and pop with guys like Kawhi and PG. I think that's all perfect. But when it comes to the dead time, you know in clutch, clutch situations, I'm giving the ball to Paul George, or Kawhi Leonard. You don't need to worry about making a play you just need to be in the right position at the right time low block get ready for a rebound or just get ready for for a cut um you know he doesn't need to make the home run play um so that's right mean, that's where that's he, the perfect wording can, yeah yeah i mean i think that's where he can really uh, uh benefit you know being in the sea man if we get the best of Russ without having to try and make the home run play every possession i think the clippers are are uh, very
0: dangerous 100% I guess this is last one I'll throw out though for terms of an X factor, you know, we're big Christian Wood fans on this podcast. And oh, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, i love to see him carve out some more playing time. You know, obviously he is a little bit of a defensive liability, but when you're looking at this team, as much as like, you want to celebrate the fact that you got two of, you know, the greatest creating guards in their prime, like in their time of all time. But you don't really have that guy that's going to be able to bail them out in a sense where you you don't have that guy that's going to be able to match up on the the bigger guys. Cause you know, the backcourt is obviously one of the most talented of all time, but outside of like, you know, Josh green's been a really good player for them this year, but I don't know if I necessarily trust him on the offensive standpoint yet fully, but, I think you just need well, this team to Christian have, Wood. yeah, you need a third guy to really emerge as like dude that can get a bucket. And I, and I think Christian Wood is undoubtedly that dude.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's why they brought him in, right? He's got to be the third option. Mm. Um, he, he, You know, I think he can get back to being, he was a 21 and eight and nine guy. I think he can very much be an 18 and seven guy. Oh in, yeah. on a Christian sure. basis. And, uh, I have to say, I don't think Jason Kidd has given him a very fair shake. Um, overall.
0: yeah, I don't I mean, think you've really, se- he hasn't been able to really get yeah. into a rhythm because you have all this like sporadic starts, all this, like one day you're playing yeah. 20 minutes in the, in the closer and now you're like 15 and you're, you're out with like five minutes left.
1: Yeah. I, I, and it kind of opened the season saying that we want him to be our sixth man when, um i think that's just poor asset management i think looking back at it we both said hey that's a great idea you know share the ball let's 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 prioritize defense but why they were so successful last year was they went and doubled down on the offensive end right spreading the floor having shooters um maxi Kleber is back um so I think why not just say hey like Chris would start alongside Dwight Powell or whatever it is and and and, and let's you know let's go all offense and be that third piece that Kyrie and, and Luca need to kind of uh, balance the effect out a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And you got Josh Green there to kind of hold it together. Now obviously I don't think he's at the level of like a Dorian Finney-Smith yet. But you know you you, definitely- you need those you need those high pressure reps to really get to that and yeah, that that's starting five. If you throw out, you know, Luca, Kyrie, Josh Green, Christian Wood, Dwight Powell, that's a solid five.
1: Solid five, absolutely. And Josh Green was actually has actually been their best on ball defender all year long. Mm. All right, even when they had DFS on the roster. So, I mean, there's a lot of good pieces. I mean, you you have the shooting, you have the, the defensive anchor. I think Chabille Mcgee should obviously be getting minutes. I think he's still an impact player, but he said the best. It's still a solid rotation. I just think that's been poor asset management. And I think Jason Kidd has uh been really wonky with with his rotations this year.
0: No doubt, no doubt. But that's gonna do it for another episode of the Black Top Podcast. We appreciate y'all listening in. Hopefully next time all three of us are on here. But Ruben, you got any last things to say?
1: Nothing left. Just enjoy your days, y'all. Blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. That's what I like to say.
0: 100% with that. Stay safe. Stay blessed. We'll see y'all soon.
1: Back shots, back shots.